This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If you believe in reciprocity, the idea of give and take, or getting out what you put in, then Keen Utility Work Boots with Keen Regen technology are made for you. Keen Regen is a cushioning performance midsole that provides 50% energy return with every step, keeping you in constant motion. Many Keen Utility boots and shoes are made with Keen Regen midsoles, so you can choose from a wide range of styles, safety toe types, and boot heights. Visit keenfootwear.com work regen. Keen Utility. Step forward. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen, and it is also the return of Yana Shaneas. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 2-0 victory against West Brom. Emilio and I gave our initial reactions. Well, we're going to dive deeper into this 2-0 victory, which I think was an impressive victory. And we'll talk about how impressive or others might think not as impressive victory as we go through the show. Before I welcome back Giannis, I just want to say hello to Mr. Cohen. Mr. Cohen, how are you doing right now? It feels like, you know, an ages ago that the match happened. So much has happened in the world uh, since Monday evening. But uh, certainly made I have the no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. Um, but listen, first one of the season is a blueprint for survival. We're going to talk about the new signings gelling. Yep. We're going to talk about Candy playing well and Gisa playing well, Robinson playing. A lot of really impressive performances across the board. Absolutely. And, and we finally got a win. And we did what we need to do. Long way to go. But for the first time all season – Kept a clean sheet, got a win. There's hope. There's hope out there, and that's all we can ask for right now. Okay, excellent. Mr. Janaeus, it's been a long time. Welcome back yeah. to the show. Give me Thank your you opening thoughts on this victory. Well, I was I was actually um I just got a call from uh I just got a call from Melania. Um and I said I, I thanked her for the offer, but I said I'm not into Slovenians. I tend to like Serbian women. I'm just putting it out there. Um, you know what? Uh, it was a, it was a super win, and it, but there were some some great performances and some odd things happened in the game. 
Um, I'm I'm still seeking therapy for the jerseys wet bum were wearing because I don't know where they got them from. Yeah, it was that was definitely Dollarama. Um, but there was some 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 interesting stuff that emerged from the game. Uh, but a long and short of it is, we got three three well deserved points and we got off the Schneider. And it looks great to look at the table and we're we're out of the bottom three. Yay! <laughs> Giannis, right back to you. I'm, I'm just going to share my thoughts. And I said this with Emilio as well. When I look at this match and I look at the way Fulham won this match, there wasn't one person that stood out. In fact, I said to Emilio, was there a weak link in this lineup, in, in this game? I have a hard time finding one. I, I, I know you have a funny one that you could share a little bit later with a, a substitute. But beyond huh? that, this was, to me, a convincing victory. And uh, first half was fairly even, but as the match progressed, of course, goals changed all matches. But I think when you look at the second half, you look how Fulham were the better side and looked like the side more likely to score. I was very uh, impressed with how they finished that match. The clean sheet is wonderful, but they actually, in my opinion, they they were still going for that third goal. They didn't get it, but they were. It's funny. I, I have a thought on this victory in the second half, really focusing on the second half, Yanis. I want your thoughts. When I look at how Crystal Palace played against Fulham for the entire match, I think Fulham flipped it on West Brom, meaning that second half, West Brom had more of the ball. But who was more dangerous? And that kind of reminded me how Crystal Palace were against Fulham. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the thing about Palace is you can't go go down to them because they've only got one plan. Yeah, um, right. and because they'll bore you, bore you to death if they take the lead. <laughs> it's usually what they do, right? Um, the the thing about, I mean, he had uh, Scotty had to make a couple of big calls in the lineup, and and the big one was taking Ruben Loftus Cheek out yeah. and putting Decker Dover in. I was pleased with that. I don't, I've, you know, how I feel about him. I, I think he's got a great work ethic. He doesn't ever quit. He puts it in. He puts in a shift, and I think that. Um, Clay Loftus Cheek is, is a short of confidence and B short of match fitness. So the big thing was okay, Anderson was a bit of a creeper because we didn't think he was available. You bring him in, you take Tim Ream out, you put Adora to the left hand side. Now you yep. bring Dacodova Reed in to go up front on the right, and all of a sudden you're looking at this and going, okay, th th this seems to have a little bit more balance, but just all over the park, there didn't seem to be any weak links, even. Um, uh, even Ina, who's you know, we miss Kenny Tete in his brilliant crossing, but I agree he, with that. But he yeah. linked up really well, um, Monday night, he had a very good game. And, um, I tell you, confidence it's infectious. And, Absolutely. um, I think as, as Scotty will be pleased, delighted with the result, but the performance will please him even more. And unless, um, Lamina is injured. He has to go with the same lineup against Wet Spam on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent stuff. Max, back over to you. We're just basically just starting to talk about this match. And feel free to share your thoughts on what Yana shared and also what, what I've shared. And I'm curious your view on this because I've been open, as I mentioned to you before, we're going to talk about this victory and the importance of it. But just, again, we're, when we're looking at this and we're looking at the difference between the two teams, like I said, Fulham were on the front foot at the end. I mean, again, they were sitting back a little bit, but they were comfortable. When they had the ball, they were very dangerous. So what are your thoughts on what Jan shared and what I've shared? 
I think Giannis hit it right in the head when he said the confidence was so key. Yeah. We played like a team who deserved to be in the Premier League. Team victory. Yeah, but also knew how to manage a match. And as you were mentioning, Russ, so often we would have, you know, maybe conceded a goal, get to 2-1, West Brom pushing for late equalizer. I easily could have seen that version of a match happen many times when I'm watching Fulham. But we saw it through. We dominated possession. We were comfortable. We And as you mentioned, we weren't hanging on. We were pushing to get a third goal. That's right. Towards the end. And we honestly deserved a third goal the way we were playing. That, that to me has to be down, I think, to Parker. I'm, I'm going to credit Park here. Just yeah. you know, a month and a half ago, you know, after the Brentford Cup match, we came on here and I said, there's a culture of losing about the club. We were a laughing stock. And he's turned that right the way around. And maybe there's an overreaction back then to say we're in a bad spot. Right. But we, we had a terrible start to the season. We needed this match so badly. But we didn't approach it with nervousness. We didn't approach it with trepidation. We got two early goals and we didn't look back. Um, and I think that the manager got a spot on. The midfield three, I think that's the main story of the match for me. Absolutely. Lamina I'm glad that you went there. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Giannis mentioned Lamina has to start again. I thought he was a great shield in front of the back four. I thought Angisa. I'm not the biggest Angisa fan. I think he did give away the ball in some areas, but when he was going forward, I mean, that, that was one of the best points I've seen from Angisa, I think, in a Fulham shirt, but also a Fulham player in general. Just the way he drives by players. It's uh, Dembele esque, I saw people saying on social media, and I have to tend to agree with that. Um, it, was, it was just an excellent performance. And, you know, we'll talk about West Brom being poor, but I want to talk about how we, as Russ mentioned earlier, you know, before we got in there, he said we played well. Let's remember when we played against Huddersfield Town at home, right, in December 2018, right? We won 1-0 on the last second Mitrovic goal. A very similar match to this one, I think, in terms of we're playing a team worse than us in the relegation fight. Right. We were abject on that, on that yeah. match back in the Premier League. That's a huge difference, man. Today, I'm glad you brought it. that up. Huge and, difference. And that's why I'm more positive this time around. We're not just beating a relegation rival at home. We deserved that win and didn't look in doubt at all. Absolutely. I'm glad that you took us to where I wanted to really focus on as well, Max. The central midfield dominance. I want to go to you. Yeah, listen, Scott Parker has a lot of choices right now. You have Harrison Reed. We just talked about Lamina, who, again, the announcers from uh, NBC Sports that I was watching couldn't talk enough about Lamina. And then, of course, you have the play of Inghisa. And we're going to talk about Kearney as well and who was man of the match because uh, I've been talking to a lot of people. You, Everyone's really split on Inghisa or Kearney. But I think it goes beyond that. I think this is where Fulham can actually build the foundation for the rest of the season. It's the central midfield. And if can they be dominant? Can they stand up to the bigger sides? Can they play, again, more offensive against teams around them? Your thoughts on the central midfield dominance? I think this is where the match was won. Yeah. Um, the thing about Anguissa, I see the Dembele comparisons. He reminds me more of Patrick Vieira. Uh, he, he just, he Either just, way. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's, he's just so dominant. Um, Kearney was brilliant the other day, and I think a lot of that was to do with the space that Anguissa afforded him. Anguissa made that one mistake, which was the pass back. Yep. But that apart, he was a monster all over the all over the park, and um, he was just he just he was he was just everywhere. This was the promise um, that was hoped you know was going to bear to fruition two years ago. Then he went to Spain, and it was Villarreal, right? Villarreal. Uh, That's got right. Villarreal wanted to buy him back, and they couldn't afford the funds. And he's come back, 
And unlike Seri, he's come back and said, okay, I'm going to do what I've got to do. And um, I, don't, I don't think, you know, you've got Mateus Pereira and Livermore in the middle there, and they're good players. I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm still mystified that he took Pereira off. Uh, he took both of them off, and Kravinovic, which made, which made no sense, um, because I'm thinking if you're going to come back in this game, they're the three players you're going to need to, to keep on the field. Right. Get Grant on, I don't know, for whatever reasons. And it just seemed as though the, the stronger, the longer the game went in, Angus and Kenny just took over. And then, Absolutely. to be fair, Harrison Reed came on at halftime for Lamina. And Lamina was, I thought, very good in the first half. Yep. And Reed did not did not miss a beat. Uh, he's a different kind of player. He's a little bit smaller, but he was tackling like a mule. He was um, he was busy up and down the field. We didn't and drop off anything when he came nah, on. That's the big part. Nah. No, we didn't to talk about Giannis. No, we didn't. We, we we looked compact and we were physical, but we were skillful and we switched the play when we needed to. And Kenny looked like he'd uh, he just he had uh, all of a sudden had a he just had a whether it was an epiphany yep. or whatever it was. Um, you know, it just took off and and Geese has a lot to do with that. But but Kenny seemed to, it was almost like the shackles were off and uh, yeah, it was fun to watch. It was. I'm going to share some comments about central midfield from the phone supporters. And if you have comments, feel free to share them during the show. And I definitely want everyone's thoughts. So feel free to comment on man of the match. I'm going to be asking you, Kearney or Angisa, because I think it's an interesting uh, discussion piece when we talk about man of the match. And as Max said, maybe Anthony Robinson should get some mention. But here we go. This is from our friend Brian Lake. Parker not playing Ruben Loftus cheek took a lot of guts. Max, your thoughts on that? Yeah, Brian's right. This is someone I identified as the best signing we had all summer. A lot of people said this guy's a world-class player, you know, England international, but he hasn't performed. And Parker showed he's going to pick the team based on form, not based on reputation. That's a really strong message. And we didn't miss him at all, lost his cheek. Not one bit. I think, I don't want to give, I don't want to gloss over the issue because I think we still have the same issue in that when he put, played Bobby Reed on the right yep. side of that midfield three behind Mitro, he wasn't playing as a right winger either. He was actually talking a lot and had the same issues that I identified in the Palace match that Loftus-Cheek was doing. Yep. The difference is, I think, number one, West Brom are worse than Palace. But number two, I think Aina had a better game. Uh, we depend on him a lot down the right wing. Yes. Of course, he scored that great goal. Superb goal. I didn't even mention that's the goal of the season for me. Oh, yeah. But every single time Aina got in that position, the cross was right to the keeper. It was te a terrible crossing. So I don't want to say it was a tackle masterclass, but I thought Bobby Reed was better in attacking positions and lost his cheek oh, and totally was a lot right. more lively and of course got the goal. So I think it was a very good decision by Parker. And let's not forget Bobby Deckard over Reed I think as many goals as Marcus Rashford in the league has more goals than Martial, you know, some of the best attackers. Yep. So let's, let's not play down that achievement. He's got two goals. Very impressive for someone who wasn't even a nail down starter for us in the championship. Okay, excellent stuff. Giannis, back to you as we focus on central midfield. Now we're going to talk a little bit about Tom Kearney again. This is from John Coombs. I have a couple comments. This is what he shares. Playing TC as a number 10 made all the difference. Doesn't seem to suit him as a holding midfield. This is followed up by James Pierce. So, again, we're talking about Kearney. Giving Kearney the space and attacking focus is the way to get the best out of him. Giannis, your thoughts from these two Fulham supporters about Tom Kearney? Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's never going to. Uh, TC's never going to admit that defensively he's the greatest central midfielder of all time. Let's be honest. 
but you've got to give him space. Let him do what he what he can do best. And um, it almost seemed as, as if he was making the runs and going, well, it doesn't really matter. I've got big Zambo behind me. He'll do whatever the hell he wants. And then I can just do whatever I need to do. And it was it was fun to watch. And, you know, I was just thinking, um, the, the, the championship game against um, Brent Fodder. Yeah. Okay. The eight of the back line plus midfield are gone. We've got a completely <laughs> different back five, including the I keeper. Know. And, of course, we had Lamina and Zambo starting in with, with TC. So, so Kearney was the only one remaining. And I think even especially that back five, it's remarkable that, that you know, we had, uh, was it, it was Brian, Adoy, uh, Hector, Ream, and Rodak. And, I mean, so there's been a lot of changes. And going back to the point about Loftus-Cheek, it's taken yep. a lot of guts for him to have to say, you've been, you were magnificent, you got us promotion, but, I mean, Joe Bryan's sitting on the bench. Yep. So, um, but I mean, he's, uh, if that's the sort of space that Kearney can be afforded, then this is good. And, and it's funny. Oh, it's got, excellent. Yeah. We've got wet spam on Saturday and they don't, they don't have Antonio and they're very beatable. I think, I don't think they're anywhere near as good as some people seem to think. We've got a good chance of getting something off them and injuries are beginning to creep in. I saw Danny Ings is out for Southampton. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, we're going to pick up points here and there, but defensively we have to keep it tight. The clean sheet is massive. Oh, that's totally a, agree. Giannis. It's, it's, it's all it's about everything. confidence. And, yeah. you know, we'll talk about Joachim Anderson in just a second, but before we do that, I, I want to throw this back because we are focusing on this match, but we also want to look a little forward. So Max back over to you. What do you thought about what Colton Wright said? Does Bobby Jack and Reed have the right side spot now? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think Colton, how does that right? That's decorative reads to lose now. You score a goal. You can't drop someone after scoring a goal. You should have had another, to be fair. But, yeah, I don't see anyone else. Lost is chic. Not up to it, in my opinion. Kamara is sent off, so they can't play for a couple of matches. Yep. I am very happy to let Decker Dover Reed have that spot. That is the weakest link in the team, in my opinion. But the, the way Decker Dover Reed played, it wasn't just his goal. The way he combined on the right side with Aina for his goal, you know, with Mitrich and the one-twos, it, it just flowed really well. Yep. And just as Sanyana said, he beat me to it. The great analysis is, yeah, it's a totally new back five, new keeper, new back four. And, you know, we talked about West Brom and their players. West Brom is an example of what people almost wanted Fulham to do, right? Which is stick with the team that got you promoted. That's largely the same West Brom That's team a good point. that went up. And they're not good enough for the Premier League. And if we stuck with our back five that went up, as, as Giannis said against Brentford, we would have gone right back down. We've given ourselves a fighting chance. Yep. And, you know, I've, I've been on the show criticizing the transfer policy. Right now, we're set up to succeed with who we have now. It would have been nice to have him earlier, but that back the back five we have now, if Tete comes in, perhaps Raina, who knows. Yep. But that back five is strong. Anderson, Adarabaya, you have Congolo on the bench pushing in, right? Hector Reem. They should be on the bench. They're bench players in the Premier League. But we strengthened, and we needed to strengthen. Yep. I, have no, I have no complaints that it's a new team. We need a new team. But this is what shows when you can implement an effective transfer policy, you have matches like that. And we, we haven't even discussed a defense at all so far, you know, a bit. But they were excellent. Anderson was blocking every single shot. Excellent. Bio was composed. Robinson excellent. covered every single blade of grass on the left-hand side. Yep. He was a real talent. 
that's how you, you base it on performances. There's no room for loyalty or sentimentality. And one last thing, remember everyone having the freak out that McDonald and Johansson weren't in, weren't in the squad. Who cares? The great players are full of legends. They would have they wouldn't have had a chance to play in this team if Harrison Reed's on the bench. You know, I mean, come on. What what are people thinking? We have a strong team now. I think it's good enough to stay up. We we've been giving. We don't have a head start. We have a deficit. We have to catch up to after losing the first whatever. But I think we can do it. Okay, very good stuff. All right, guys. Before we really break down the match, and I'll get your thoughts quickly on the starting eleven because we've already really talked about it. I, w- I want to talk about this topic here, and this is actually something that I talk about a lot here with another team, and I call it marginalizing a victory. And what what I want to bring up here in regards to Fulham is that there's been a lot of focus after the match about how poor West Brom were. And I understand that because they were poor. But I watched a few matches before that, and they weren't that poor, Giannis. In fact, they played fairly well. So when I look at this and I hear how poor they are over and over again, I think we're not giving enough credit to Fulham. Because I think it takes two to tango. I think Fulham made West Brom look the way they did, especially in the second half. So when we we talk about how poor West Brom were, how poor of a side they are, were we saying that two weeks ago, three weeks ago? But we're saying that when they lose to Fulham. So I don't think we give enough credit to our own team. And again, I also hear this. Well, it could be a lot like the Burnley match. Max, you are already brought up the Huddersfield Town match um, two seasons ago, which turned out to be fool's gold, right? But the difference for me is that they're building something, guys. We have all these new players. Max, we can definitely criticize the transfer policy because some of these players came in late, okay? And that affects this transition to this new team, this brand new team. But they're heading in that direction. That, to me, is the difference with this victory. And I agree with Giannis. Why can't they get something against West Ham? Why not us? Why can't we? Why are we always thinking there's no way we can do that? West Ham is certainly not Liverpool. Why can't they? So, again, when we look at Fulham, and I've just heard this, we're so quick to say, well, you know, it was just West Brom. I say, screw that. It's a good victory. Giannis, your thoughts on me with this topic of marginalizing a victory? I've seen it with other teams I follow, and I definitely see it with Fulham. I don't think we're giving them enough credit for this victory. I think, I think unfortunately, we've got fans that want us to fail because they, they want a change in manager. Because it's a sexy thing to look for, you know. The Scotty, the, Scotty, um, the Scotty haters have gone down in the bunker with Melania and Donald. And they were very quiet after Saturday night. Uh, Wet Bum had three win- three draws out of six. They were 3 nothing up against Chelsea. That's right. Let's remember Same that. team. Same team. Last week I watched their game against Brighton, and in the first half they were miserable, and the second half they were outstanding and should have won the game. Exactly. They do have good players, Russ. They do have good players. But sometimes you've got to take it on the chin. Slavin Bilic, you know, I'm a big fan of Bilic, and he nailed it the other night when he said, we just weren't good enough. They were better than us every single 1v1, 2v2, defending, attacking, marking. Chances created. They had one shot on net. How often do you hear that from a manager? You really hear that. Very often. And, and we've got fans that want Scotty gone because they want some sexy manager to come in. Scott has said all along, we've just got to work on the, on the training field and things will come. And, 
you know, the same way you don't become a bad player overnight, you don't become a bad coach overnight. And we're going to have our bumps in the road. But I thought we played we played that well on Monday against a, a side that um, do have some quality, but didn't seem to be at the races, partially because we did such a good job of nullifying them, but partially That's because right. they just didn't seem, they just weren't up, they weren't up for it. They just, Especially um, in the second half. I, I will yeah. we'll say I felt they quit. Yeah, they. Yeah, he looked. Uh, Bilic looked flummoxed after the game, the press conference, and you could tell he was. If you were watching, he was sort of shuffling about, and he and he was, he was looking, he was confused. But there's been there's some trouble over there. Um, you know, they they with um, they bought in Dean Garner, um, but there've been problems in terms of the players they gave away, and I think Bilic isn't happy with the transfer policy. And the players that they've necessarily could have bought in but didn't. I don't think that he's convinced that they are equipped for the top division right now. He, I think he thinks that they're in trouble. Yep. And to lose as easily, I mean, it should have been the third because of the, the, the non-call sign, the ref for the optician, VAR. How is that not a bloody handball on Decadova Reed? I mean, how the hell is that not a handball? Um, and he knows he's been be- well beaten. So... Um, we have a few fans out there that just are just going to laugh because we lose because yeah, get Parker out. But they, as I said, they all went hiding on Monday night, so I wouldn't marginalise it. I thought it was a very good win against okay. a, a plucky side. Okay, excellent, Max. Over to you. I'm just going to share some comments that go along with our discussion about marginalising victory. This is from my friend who's actually a Patriots fan. So you can only be what is in front of you. It was a vital win for Fulham, and I couldn't agree more. That's followed up by our friend Colton Wright. The improvement we've seen almost every game from Parker, and the team has been fantastic to see. We have seen this improvement. So, Max, getting back to my discussion piece here, marginalizing a victory, what are your thoughts on that? Sometimes I feel like, are we almost amplifying the negative people too much? Because at least from what I saw on social media, on Monday evening, it was very positive. It was the most positive I've seen it all season. I think people are delighted with the win. Um, oh, sure. Oh, so oh I, I know, I, I did, I know I people are delighted. People oh, I, I, I totally I agree with that. that. Um, but if, if, if there was, I think Giannis summed up perfectly. There's no need to marginalize. I think we played a good game. And as the comments said, you know, we can only beat what's in front of us. Exactly. And we identified with Mike Gregg uh, after the Palace post-match show. We needed this win because, as you mentioned, what's coming up is difficult. You guys have talked pretty confidently about West Ham. I don't know if I'm quite there with you. Um, I think they are a good side. They they played City and Liverpool very close. We saw that against Spurs. Yes, they're not going to be a top four, top five side, but this is a team that can hang with the big boys where we're probably going to get thrashed by the big boys. So I'll just pump the brakes a little bit. But we needed this win, and we got the win. So yeah. And then I mentioned the thing about Huddersfield beforehand. We weren't playing this assertively. The last time in the Premier Exactly. We were squeaking out wins under Ranieri. The one game I can think of that was close to this was the Burnley victory at home, the 4-2, as we mentioned. Right. That was rampant. But even that, you could see the defensive frailties in that game. Exactly. I think that's a huge difference from that match to this match, yep. the defense. Mm-hmm. And and this is what I have to say about Anderson. I know we'll talk about it more later. But yep, definitely. we always say players, you know, when they're making their de- debut in England, let's give them time to gel. I've always been of the opinion that the best players can fit in immediately. The best players don't need time to gel. It's, it's a rare quality for sure. I think Anderson might have that quality. It's only one match again, and it's against the worst team in the league in my opinion. So don't want to jump to conclusions, but he looked the real player. 
the way he slotted in. He was covering, blocking challenges. He, the positional awareness was good. Yep. He just looked a cut above the rest, and that's really encouraging. Okay, excellent. And that's going to lead us to just talk briefly about the starting 11 because that will allow us to talk a little bit about Joachim Anderson because that was the big news, Giannis. And uh, I mentioned this on full-time. Uh, Emilio was given a little bit of a heads-up that Anderson was going to play. I'm not going to say who told him, but he has a source that told him that he had heard that Anderson was going to play and there was going to be another shock in the starting 11. That shock was Bobby decker reed So this person actually had it right this news that I heard shortly before the starting 11 came out. So let's talk about the starting 11. And then I want to focus a little bit on Anderson before we uh, break down this match. So Reem had to make way. And I don't think Reem has been that bad. I don't think Reem and Adora did a bad um, job against uh, Palace. I don't think defensively we were bad against Palace. Just in the midfield, we were just rotten. Um, the day Cordova read... Let's go back a week. Let's go back to the, the Palace game. Um, Boo Boo. Uh, you know, he's come on and he's run around and he got sent off and it's not a good challenge. No. Uh, but he just, in that particular moment, he showed how much out of his depth he is in this division. It, you know, and bless his little cotton socks. We love his demeanour, but... They could overread last year. If you look last year, this this guy never quit. Never quit. He never, and this is what pissed me off about Knockhart and Caballero. You know, they'd lose the ball. They, I mean, Knockhart improved defensively. I think Knockhart was a cut above yes, he did. Caballero. Yes, he did. Caballero wasn't even a cut. No. I mean, a cut above. I mean, I, I don't know what was going And And they could overread is like a little rabbit, and he's running all over the place. <laughs> and he his work rate, he wants to be there and he puts it in. And I was delighted when I saw him in the lineup. But I'm a big fan of his. I think he's he's not he's not the biggest fella, but he'll put it in. He'll take shots sometimes when you know maybe he shouldn't. But he works very hard. And for us to win games, everybody has to pull in the right direction. And Dekadeva Reed, you know, right place, right time for that first goal. And you could see, you know, pepped him up a little bit, and he kept going. And um, he's in by right, and it's his, his starting job now to lose. So I was really pleased with that. And the lineup looked looked, looked good. Um, dis- obviously disappointed that uh, Kenny Tetty's not available yet. But good to see Anderson in, and and obviously Ariola in that. So it, was, it looked like a good lineup that was going to be at least competitive. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And uh, Max, over to you. Thoughts on the starting 11? And uh, then we'll focus a little bit on Joachim Anderson, because that was the big news, but the other subplot had to be the inclusion of Bobby Decker-Dovery. Your thoughts? Yeah, let's, let's just talk about Anderson quickly. I think that shocked us, and let's give credit to the uh, the Fulham medical team, because when we heard the news about the ligament damage, what, like two or three weeks ago, we thought this could be bad. So to rush him back and he seemed healthy, that's a pretty big feat, so credit to them. Um, Lamina starting as well. I think that's positive. I think people might have given Reed a shot, given that he's already fit. But I think Lamina again slotted in very nicely. And then as we've talked about, decorative Reed pretty uh, extensively. He deserved that, um, and I think he'll keep that spot until it's otherwise. But it's his to lose right now. So I'm I'm very happy with that starting eleven. I think it's a good question. When Tete's fit, does he replace Ina? 
Aina's been criticized, as he should be. He's not the strongest of defenders, and he's not the best of attackers, but he had that moment of magic, um, and you know that, that can do wonders for a player's confidence. So I'm not sure Absolutely. if he disrupt the winning formula. That, to me, is, is kind of a, a toss-up. And honestly, Tete is, I think, very good attacking, but Tete was exposed a lot on the right flank going for, when he went forward, so I'm not going to go out here and say he's the best defender either. So it's a tough call for Parker coming, coming up. Okay, excellent. Yanis, before we move on, let's focus a little bit on Joachim Anderson because I want your thoughts on this player because as we have mentioned several times on Cottage Talk, I wanted central defenders in much sooner than they came. Okay, so that really just put us back. And then, of course, Anderson gets injured. If this is the beginning spot for this guy who walks in and looks naturally fit into the full lineup, I think this is a fantastic sign. And Adarabayo looked fine on the other side, the two of them together. And then, of course, you can mix and match. Congolo, you can bring him in at some point too. The fact that he looks so natural Coming into this team, I think it's huge, Yana. So let's talk about Anderson. How impressed were you with him just being out there, like I said, coming back from an injury, but also having a fine game? He was so calm, I thought he was hiding a bong behind one of the goalposts. I mean, he, he was, it was, it was, I, 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 10 minutes in, I'm saying this is the second coming of Breda. Like, That's where, exactly what Emilio said. Oh, my Emilio God. said the same thing. And you know what? Good players make good players better players. That's right. And Adebayo, he, he just he was slotted to the left, and you could see he was a lot calmer. And it was just, it was. And no disrespect to Tim Ream, because I think Tim, you know, Tim I Ream think has played fairly well. He's Let's played okay. Yeah, he has played okay, but but it just looked a different quality, a different it's class. Totally different. And then Ariola, I mean, Ariola almost got found out with that, you know, that speculative cross thing. But he looked pretty solid, and and and. About seven, eight minutes in, there was a point where Anderson barked at Robinson. And I thought, he's just come in the lineup and he's let him have already. I thought, yeah, that's what we need. We need some leadership there. And he, and he, it was a super debut for him. And uh, it you could see the quality now all of a sudden with the back two in the middle. And you're not going to take the piss out of them. And on the left-hand side, you're not taking the piss out of Robinson. So then, you know, if, if Aina can carry on, you know, if he can stay calm and confident and he can be marshaled by Anderson in terms of his positioning and not push too far up, which is one of the criticisms against Tete, as brilliant across as he is, then I think we're in good shape in terms of, you know, defensive stability. But Anderson was excellent. Yes. I mean, for, for a debut, he just came and said, what's all the fuss? Let me play. <laughs> it was... It was, it was um, yeah, he it, to me it was the second coming of Breda's first game. Wow, West, wet spam will be a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, and we all loved Breda, and we there was nothing not to like. Like I said, about Emilio him. said the exact same thing, Giannis. You're not saying anything else that he didn't say. Yeah, it was it was very good, and it was it was clean sheet is huge. Oh, absolutely. Three absolutely. points behind United. We're catching up with them. <laughs> very <laughs> good there. Yeah. Very good. All right. Coming up next, we're going to analyze the first half and the second half, and then we're going to end the show. We're talking about man of the match, so I'm asking anyone watching us live, man of the match, Kenny or Ngisa, or could it be someone else? Leave your 
thoughts on Man of the Match in the comments section because we'll get to that at the end of the show. Okay, guys, let's look back at this game. Let's start with our first half analysis. I'll just talk about a couple of moments now. Again, I, I thought it was a pretty even first half, except obviously goals changed the match, and I thought the teams were pretty even in the beginning, but Fulham actually had a few opportunities. He had Lookman in the eighth minute, and then again in the 19th minute. Then in the 26th minute, you had a shot from Bobby Decker Dover-Reed, which was a little speculative, but I'm glad that he took a shot. Well, that all led shortly afterwards. Max, I'm going to give you the honors to talk about the first goal for Fulham from Bobby Decadovery, but there are other players that were involved in this. So take us through the goal from Fulham. Yeah, credit for this buildup has to go to Anguissa, who recovers a ball pretty deep in, in midfield, flicks it over players superbly, and he just drives sort of it. And what he can do with a ball is just so great because it creates space for other players. He takes it essentially from the middle of the pitch, drives out wide, and creates an overflow where he can just play it off to Robinson with all the time in the world to put in a cross. And it's honestly the first decent cross of the match for us. Yeah. And it all takes is Mitrovic is crying out for service. All it takes is one all good cross. All he wants is some service. And all and that was all, really, it was very few and far between. That's the one negative is that the crossing was still poor, but this is one good one. Um, Flows up really nicely. And it's really nice awareness for Mitrovic to make the space, first of all, but also to realize. You know, let's not go for goal here. Let's not it back in the middle, put him in the yep. mix and hope that Kodavri gets on the end of it. It's exactly what happened. And it's it's a bullet header, honestly, because when Mitrovic heads that back, that's looping, it's floating, not a lot of pace on it. The power that Dekodovri initiates, essentially from just a standing jump, was honestly a great header. That's almost a Mitrovic like header from close range. Ivanovic is on the line, can't do anything about it. And we go in front. It's only, I think, second time all season we went in front other than Sheffield United. And I think what we see from this Fulham team under Scott Parker is we don't give up leads. We don't lose leads. We might give up a draw here and then. But the majority of matches we've gone up under Parker, we've gone out and won it. Yeah. And the first goal is so crucial. So, I mean, it sounds simple. You know, this isn't like tactical genius stuff. But scoring the first goal is how we'll stay in this division. We need to start on the front foot, get that first goal. And honestly, when we have it, we're built up in, in a way to possess the ball, not the other team time and just see how it matches. We just need that first goal, and that's why this is so crucial. Okay, very good stuff. All right, Giannis, we're going to talk about the second goal. But before I do that, I have to share this with you. This is from my friend Chris in Spain. He actually messaged me this. I'm sure Chris won't mind me sharing this with you on the air. Good to see Giannis back. Always very entertaining. That's from my friend Chris Davidson in Spain. So just Thanks, wanted to share that with you. I was going to I was going to make a I was going to make a statement that, that and 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 thank God you're both sitting down on this one. When you go back to that first goal. Yep. Um, I've watched a lot of footy this year. Right now, anyone out there, tell me if there's a better left back in the Premier League than Robinson. Oh, find find me one. Find me one. I think he's that good. Well, I think he's. It's a robbery that we got him. Uh, Max is laughing. Max is laughing. You know what? If you watch the thing about if you watch his, I, I'm still scratching my head on it at him because it's not just his pace. It's not just his ability to track back. It's how he beats touches, people. He how he beats, beats people. Yes. He, he his one v ones are excellent. His awareness is excellent. But he right now is not putting a foot wrong. 
And you know what? The U.S. national team have robbed us. We, they've robbed us because he's going to be an outstanding international for years and years and years to come. I watched him a little bit for Wigan, and I was yep. excited we got him. But, oh, man, he is playing out of his utter bloody socks. You cannot – who's going to take him on? Who's What striker on that right-hand side is going to take him on and beat him right now? I, I can't think of one. He's right now playing out of his skin. And that, to me, is the best signing we've made this year. Wow, Robinson has been that good. He's you just any game you pick up, even even you pick any game and watch what he's doing, and he's the best left back we've had. Holy crap! I'm going to have to go way back. I I, I mean, he, he, I think he's that good, and that okay. goal was again, again. I mean, it's set up, but he, it's a very calm ball over. And let's give a lot of credit to Mitro here because Mitro's like the kid in the playground where you're all playing ball and he's not being picked on a team and he wants to play. And as soon as he nodded the ball back for Dekadova Reed, you, all of a sudden he, he pepped up. He perked up. It was like, oh, I'm involved again. I'm part of this again. Oh, he was all involved in this. To oh, be honest with you, he's on. very involved oh, yeah. in both goals. Oh, all of a sudden it was like it was just this, it was like this adrenaline rush. Yep. And he was everywhere. He was doing the other. He was coming back in. He normally comes back to defend set pieces, but he was, he was tracking back. And I thought, oh, this is good. This is what a goal can do. Yep. And he deserves a lot of credit for that goal because he could have, you know, get out, nod. He's nodded it back. And Ivanovic has basically lost Dekadova Reed. He's cut back in to the net and it's gone in. Yep. But um, no, no, no. Robinson? Oh, bloody hell. Oh. Okay, well, we'll mention him again oh. when we talk about man of oh. match because Max brought him up as well. But let's get your thoughts on the second goal because, um, guys, I'm being honest with you, I can't remember a better form goal in a long time. I know we could talk about the Kasami goal, obviously, right? But this was a very good goal, Giannis. So let's talk about the second goal and the build-up play here. And Anderson was involved in this as well. Someone pointed out to me, not to forget Anderson and some of the build-up on this, your thoughts on the second goal? Because, again, it's another team goal, and that's why I find different than, say, the Lookman goal against Sheffield United. This was a team goal. Yeah, and I think Lookman can learn from this one as well. And Lookman had a good game on Monday, but I think there are times – he reminds me of a Palace player from many years ago, Vince Hilaire. Um, Lots of skill, lots of flair. But occasionally in the final third, he doesn't quite make the right decisions and he's a little bit selfish, and it's something he's got to work on. So the, Anderson's knocked the ball out wide to Aina, to to, um, to Dekodova-Reed, and he's knocked it to to Mitro, and Mitro has laid off this pass, bounce pass. It's just super. But with Aina, that is the sort of shot that could have ended up 50 miles wide and killed a sparrow. Yes. He's very easily. Very easily. But he's he's hit it absolutely flush, and there's not a goalkeeper in the world that's going to stop that. Yeah. And for somebody who's right-footed, um, that was you know, that was a super goal. I mean, I, is anything ever going to get near the Kasami goal? That's the most outrageous no. goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's. Right. And, and if, <laughs> hey, going back, remember that was six years ago. But if you yep. but if you remember, who was the person who played the pass to Kasami? I don't. I don't remember. Well, I know Sasha you're going to tell me, Sasha Rita. Yeah, wow. It was the Sasha Rita ball, and that was a ridiculous ball. 
people forget that was it just it was curling round. Yeah. And for him, Kasami to do that and score that goal was just. Yeah, it just <laughs> I'm I'm going to leave the building. Okay. It was a it was a cracker. I mean, it was a yes. cracker, and it came out of a lovely link up play and um, two nothing. I thought that's it. Okay, he's going to well, Village. He's going to take him in. He's going to do yeah. what he did against Brighton over Albion. They're going to come out early for the second half. They did, but um, he must have known the right one was on the wall there. Oh yeah, that it, it was. It wasn't going to work. And uh, but it was a cracking goal. Cracking goal. Good it team was. goal for sure. Absolutely. Yes, we're going to go back. We're going to talk about the left back conversation because we have some comments. I have to share them with you guys. Here we go. This is from my friend Chris Andrew Robinson, best left back in the Premier League, and this is followed up from. Ben Lawrence, Robertson at Liverpool, but he also says this, Giannis. Giannis is right, though. For the price we paid for Robinson, and in January, he was nearly going to AC Milan. So good comments from both these guys about left back. Listen, I, I understand why you are high on Anthony Robinson because I thought he played that well. And I think that he makes his opponent miss, which I think is uh, important. You know, again, he, he made some defender look silly. A couple of times, so I'm very encouraged by what I saw well, from Anthony, Anthony Robinson. Very encouraged. Chelsea paid. How much did Chelsea pay for Chilwell? A lot of money. A I wouldn't. Money. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take uh, Chilwell over Robinson. I, I wouldn't. And the the thing is, if the more performances he put, performances he puts in, I remember he failed the medical at AC Milan. The more performances he puts in like this, clubs are going to come hunting. They're going to look at this and go, "Oh shit." He's gonna. We're gonna. We could end up losing him if he carries on in this trajectory. We're gonna. Yep. We could lose him for a lot of money. I think, and he's young as well. I mean, he's and this is a kid who's. He just seems to have just taken off, and he. It just goes to show, athleticism does count for an awful lot, and he yeah. just he's got this this non-stop battle. He's going gone from playing a team that was in a great form that should never have been relegated in Wigan, to, he slotted in and so no Premier League. <laughs> what's, what's, what's that all about I, he's, he's been brilliant and hey the US have got I mean talked about this, the, the US have got some super young players coming through and Robinson this this kid's going to get well over 100 caps I mean he's uh, which is it's good it's great yeah. great for us as well absolutely okay so to end the half again Fulham we're still on the front foot all the way to the end of the half you had that opportunity from a mistake from Fulham, which was not good from Nguisa, uh, but Colin Grant just uh, did terribly with it. And that left the door open again for Fulham for an opportunity. Tom Kearney actually started this, and Nguisa's shot, unfortunately, was right at the goalkeeper. But the half ends 2-0, and I'm feeling pretty good. And, Max, I want to go to you for our, our second half analysis, okay? I want to get your thoughts about the change. Now, we're finding out now that the Lamina change – had to do with an injury, and Harrison Reed comes in. So in the second half, again, I thought Fulham were in control. You knew that West Brom was going to come at them, but if you want to call they weathered a storm, it wasn't really much of a storm. And then Fulham started to really take over in the second half. And I can go all the way back, all the way to the end when we're really focusing. In the last 10 minutes, you have the, that crazy situation where you have the uh, – Kearney shot and the 
clearance, and then it goes to Bobby Decker Dover Reed. I, I thought it was handball, even though it was off the elbow. We could talk about that in a little bit. But just your analysis of the second half and how Fulham saw this game out, and as I said, looked like the team more likely to score a goal. Yeah, just very professional. I, honestly, I'm going to make a claim that having no fans in the stadium contributed a lot to this. I think, honestly, sometimes when they're playing in front of home fans of the cottage, the way fans are loud, the nervousness sets in. I think that's infectious. And I think we've seen that a lot, that the players feel that and start to play a little more tentatively, forget their game plan, start rushing things. And that's when bad things happen. But I think playing behind closed doors, you just control it. We just bossed it. We never let them back in the match. And honestly, this is part of, I think, the West Brom being a very poor argument. Yep. They didn't offer much. They didn't offer much at all. Um, and then the Carlin Grant chance you mentioned at the end of the first yeah. That's yeah. thing I want to flag, though, because against better teams, that's a goal. And it's a different story we're talking that's about. That's a mistake so, that Fulham have fortunate. made in the Premier League. I know. Yeah. And Absolutely. The main, I got punished I on. And as we said, exactly, the main difference between the Championship and the Premier League is in the Premier League, you don't get away with mistakes like that. Yep. We did on Monday. Because they're playing a championship team, okay. To be to be honest with us, problem, okay. But a second half, in large part, very comfortable. Let's talk about Reed coming in. Yeah, that is the benefit of having this depth is that you can take out a player like Lamina no drop off, man, and you, no drop. You barely miss him. Again, credit to Tony Khan. Great bit of business early on. Something like eight million pounds, Harrison Reed. Credit to him. Good signing. Um, someone's saying I thought it was a waste to bring on Joe Bryan for three minutes. I don't know if ways to get him some minutes, and that's fine. But as Giannis said, he's been replaced by Robinson. But there weren't really main talking points from that second half, except you know the VR incident. But that's yep. what we want. When you're up 2-0, you take the stuffing out of the match, you control the ball, you pass it. And how nice it was it to have a Fulham win by more than one goal with no drama. Let's think. When was the last time that happened? <laughs> it changed your ball. Listen, playoff final, that was one of them. We didn't even win that match. Until very late on, very nervous. Yeah. But I mean, they, we were winning all these games by one goal. And this was a very odd feeling, but a great feeling to have to be 2 0 up and just cruising. It's a great way to put it, Max. And over to you, Giannis. Do you agree with his analysis? And also, let's talk a little bit about the Kearney clearance followed up by the Bobby Decadover Reed shot. And then it hits Ajayi on the elbow. And they had a look at it. VAR had a look at it, and it was not a penalty. What are your thoughts about that whole scenario? Well, it started with Lookman. Uh, um, That's right. Sam Johnson's come dancing out of dancing out of his box like someone in Swan Lake, and Lookman closed him down. But then he seemed to back off, and I'm going, well, "You just clatter the bugger if he's outside the." You know? You know, smack the ball, hit him in the arm. He's going to get a red card, right? But there's Kearney, Johnny on the spot, and he's just curled in beautifully. And of course, there's all loads of mayhem. It comes back to Decker over it. I don't know how that's not a penalty. I don't know how that because it's not like it because his arm, his, his arm was raised. So, but VAR's a disaster anyway. And um, and again, a lot of credit for Kearney for trying something cheeky. Credit, yep. credit for Decker over Reed. But once they'd once Bilic had taken off Mateus Pereira and um, Karinovic and and uh, Jake Livermore, the, the game was up. Then I, I think he, you know, arguably the three best players that they've got. And um, 
he'd figured out from the first half of this, this isn't going to happen, this isn't going to work. They didn't really offer a lot. I, I expected more from Conor Gallagher. I, I like him. Yeah. Um, I thought he did a very good job when he was at Swansea, but um, could have got a re- could have got a second yellow. Should have got a second yellow. I thought he should have. It's it's funny. Yeah. You know, I haven't heard much talk about this, and I was actually talking with a, a friend of mine who's a Chelsea supporter, and was asking me about Gallagher, and, and I said he's living on the edge because he could have easily gotten a second yellow. Giannis. Yeah, and you look at. You know, you know, you worry about these, you know, Chelsea have 5,000 players. And we saw what happened with Thomas Kalash, you know, was it 10 years on loans and and and, and, and Hector as well. And Gallagher's, a, I think, a very good young player. Yep. And I'd hate to think that he's going to be, you know, going from loan to... Last year it was Charlton and then he went to Swansea and now he's at Wet Bum. And, but they're struggling a little bit. Um you know, I hate the fact that clubs buy all this talent and they're basically just going to loan the buggers out. Um, but he's, he looked a little short of confidence and he was a little bit wayward. But the, they just second half, they just didn't really have a lot of anything. Grant shouldn't have been on the pitch. Frankly, he looked a championship striker. Um, Ivanovic. Um, Ivanovic is now 36. I mean, you know, he won three. He won three Premier Leagues with that lot. But he looked he looked slow. You know, he just didn't look. He's way past his prime. Probably a desperate move um, from, you know, you know the, the Brummies to see if they're yep. going to show up the defence. But uh, I think um, we never looked uncomfortable. I didn't, you know, and I was really pleased to get to see Harrison Reed. He had a good second half, and Brian to get something. I wouldn't yeah. have bought Caballero on. I wouldn't have bought Caballero on. <laughs> Uh, I'd probably have bought Billy the Badger on because he could have entertained us. All. <laughs> Floyd Aite, let's not forget him. Floyd Aite. See, this I, is why I miss Giannis. Uh, I have, I have a theory. Bringing about the old stuff Floyd. all back here, Max. I have a, I have a theory about Floyd Aite. <laughs> I think. How do we get on to Floyd Aite, Max? Yeah. What are you doing, Russ? I'm I, sorry, Giannis is back. I don't make the rules. I, I think my contract. I, I got to bring I, him up. I think he is Billy the Badger. I think he is because I've never seen the person behind the, the costume, and I think he's. I think that's him. One day he's gonna, you know, Diddy Hamilton's gonna come out of the stands and say, "Will the real Billy reveal himself?" And he'll okay. take his hand. It'll be the Floyd. It's not gonna be Darren Bent. We know that much. Oh boy! Oh, don't um, get me started on Darren. But Bent. no, I'm not sure why Cavalier. I'm not sure why Cavalier came on anyway. Okay. I mean, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be let anywhere near the, the starting eleven. Okay. Honestly, what a. How much did we spend on him? Ten million? Too much. Too much. Did we? Did we, uh, did we keep the receipt? It's unbelievable when we look at it. It's funny. I, I go back to an interview we did with a, a Wolf supporter before we were. We were. I think we had just signed him. I shouldn't say before. I think we had just signed him, and we were given a warning from this Wolf supporter, and he, he was high on Cavallaro, but he basically told us the shortcomings, and they all came. To fruition with uh, Ivan Cavallaro. But enough of that. Mm. Fulham see the match out, guys. And uh, I think it's an impressive 2-0 victory, regardless of who the opponent was, how poor they were. Fulham needed all three points. They got it done, and that's the bottom line. But we're going to end the show by talking about man of the match. So I'm going to put this up. And we can make the argument for Anthony Robinson, too. But I want to focus on Anguisa or Kearney. 
because I think you can make an argument for both. And uh, I've heard this discussion. And I definitely want to talk about this as well, because I think in Geese's play affected Kearney. So you could look at it as, that as well, that Kearney benefited from Angisa, but I don't think you could take away from Kearney's performance at all because he was great. So, Max, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I was or Kearney, or are you going to say Robinson for man of the match? I was initially the one who brought up Robinson. You did, and I was Giannis totally blew me out of the water with with the Robinson praise. So I'm going to back off that, like let Giannis have that perhaps. But I'll go with Tom Kearney. I think. When he plays well, we always say this. When he plays well, Fulham play well. Exactly. Exactly. And he was at it. I haven't seen importance like this in such a long time. And I think, again, credit to Parker. He must have said something then. The tackling was there. He was flying into tackles and winning tackles. He was strong in the tackle. Sometimes he just sticks his foot in and loses it. On Monday, he was going through the ball, following through, getting, winning the 50-50s, the passing. You know, he got a hard time in the Palace game for the sideways passing. Well, this time it was positive. It was forward-looking. It was, it was quick. It, was, it wasn't ponderous. It was quick. That's what we need from Kearney. And his dribbling was right the way up there with what we know he can do. And he deserved a goal with that really cheeky chip, reminding me of actually reading away last season. It was almost even, would have been even better than that, but that kind of skill. It was an all-around performance in the captain. And this is the Tom Kearney we need. I want to see more of this. As you guys have mentioned, West 10 match, that's massive. Yep. Remember, he was linked with West Ham a bunch in the past couple of seasons. Oh, yeah. I think it's actually a match he can prove a point. You know, I stayed with Fulham. Let's go on and show him what I can do with the club that I captained. I didn't go to you guys. Let's prove a point. So, really looking forward to see how Kearney plays. I want consistency from him, but he's my man in the match for sure. Okay. He's my man in the match as well. Emilio brought up Ngisa. He thought it was Ngisa, partially with what I said before that he thought that Ngisa influenced how Kearney played. And I could see that because of his job opened up things for Kearney, but Kearney still had a lot to do. And as Max said, Giannis, he was committed everywhere and he was just flying up the pitch. And which was again, very good to see, especially that run at the end of the first half. So for you and Gisa or Kearney, or could it be Robinson or anyone else come to mind? Who's your man of the match? Well, it's just funny because the BBC, the BBC have an online forum after the games, and they voted, um, they voted uh, Mitro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mitro. Two assists. Yes. Not yeah. Bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He had. I thought uh, after that first goal, I thought he was very good, but um, I can't look past Kenny. Kenny was the. Um, that's the best performance. We I've are seen all in agreement. Job. It was Tom yeah. Kenny. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Outstanding. Now let's let's hope it's not a blip. Um, I, I, if he's going to carry on in that vein of form, we're, we're going to be laughing all the way at the bank. He just, he just did everything right. Um, there were very few players that, that did, didn't play well, and um, but honourable mentions to Anderson, yeah, and Robinson and Angisa and Dacadova Reed and Mitro and uh, oh, no weak yeah. link here. No, well, no, Cavalero. Cavalero. Oh, Cavalero. Okay, okay. Well, I think Parker. I think Parker <laughs> brought him on just to piss us off. Come on, <laughs> come on, guy. It's a substitution in the last five minutes to kill time. Let's, let's not. <laughs> okay, so who, who else was just whinging? Play? That's I'd a have, whinging fest. I'd have given Rodak a run out. <laughs> I'd have gone, go on, Rody. Go out and have a little <sighs> run. It's two nothing. They're not oh. going to score on us. Just, just, just go out and have some fun. Max, 
we missed this, didn't we? Yeah, it's good. It's great to have him back. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a bigger. <laughs> it's nice. It's not. It's nice to be back. It, but but it, it actually annoyed me. Jokes aside, with the Caballero thing, I was thinking, why are you coming on? There's no. I mean, Boo Boo's obviously suspended. Yeah. But really, I'd have. You know what I'd have done? I'd have probably given Tim Ream five minutes. I'd have given Tim Ream five minutes. Yeah, coming out. You know, you played all right. But Caballero, no. It's a crime. He's even earning a living right now. So I was, uh, but I'm mean, I mean, good to see uh, Joe Bryan coming as well. I wonder what he must be thinking, but it's great. You brought Robinson in to give to give him competition. Whoa, <laughs> has he ever done that? Absolutely. Um, but Bryan is a good option to have on that left hand side because we know he can attack and we know he can he can he can cross the ball. So is he competing with Lookman? I still need to see a little bit more from Lookman. I'm not quite as sold as everybody else. I think he needs to be more consistent in his crossing and a little less of the I'm the Raheem Sterling going to take everybody on. Well, that's the whole thing. You know, it's funny. That's why I went back to talking about a team goal. The two yep. goals in this match were team goals. Nothing against what Adam Workman did when he scored that wonderful goal. He, again, was phenomenal. And I think you need a little bit of both. But I think it's also good to have these team goals where you get several players involved. And uh, I think Adam Lookman is going to be vital for Fulham. But again, I, I find it interesting that we have that option, Giannis, at times, if we want to, Parker's already done it, to play Robinson and Brian together. And I don't think that's a bad option to have. Not, not at all, because they both, they, they both run like gazelles. Did we mention Ragnar Sigurdsson? What a great <laughs> game he had. Okay, Giannis, you're starting to lose it. Okay. All right. Well, listen, this has been a great show. I've missed having Giannis on the show. So Giannis is back. Max has always well, been with me, right, Max? He's so, always mad. Yeah, you know. He's uh, mad. He's I'm always mad. Lucy. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not exciting anymore. We need, we need the new blood. Let's get the new <laughs> signings. I'm Joe Bryan. I lost my place. Giannis, Giannis Robinson, left wing. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, wow. Okay. There we go. All right. Well, this has been a great show, but we do have to wrap this up. For Giannis Shanaeus and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. Bye. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.